This is the Mouths of the South podcast. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. The official Dirty South Soccer podcast. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Talking all things Atlanta United FC. Don't nobody understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, man. We are the Mouths of the South. The South got something to say. That's all I got to say. What's up, Atlanta? This is the Mouths of South podcast brought to you by Dirty South Soccer. I am Eric Quintana. He's San Franco. Josh Bagrianski also in the Zoom chats. Gentlemen, uh, it seems obvious where we're going to go. It seems obvious where we're going to start. And it's just how Joseph Martinez has won the battle between Heinze and Joseph. I, yeah, no question. Down. I mean, it's going it's going great. I mean, you know, obviously, I think Atlanta United made a mistake. I think they realized they made a mistake. They rectified the mistake quickly. You know, these situations can drag on for a long time, particularly when egos and things like that get in the way. You don't want to admit, especially this quickly, that the coaching hire that you made and that was very highly publicized and a very, you know, newsworthy hire uh, getting Gabriel Heinze, it didn't work. Uh, it didn't work for a, a lot of different reasons. And, and quite frankly, some of the things you're hearing about Gabriel Heinze in the aftermath of all this you know, it might not work out in a, anywhere uh, he goes if, if some of his tactics and things like that are uh, as, you know, have been reported. But, you know, I think overall, like, you know, we just got done listening to Joseph Martinez and his kind of thoughts on all of this, uh, although uh, it didn't really seem like anybody pressed him super hard uh, to get information about Heinze. And, and that's something we'll, we'll dive into here in a bit. But it's just – you know, I know all three of us were, were pretty gung-ho and bullish about this hire, thinking that it was a very good hire, thinking that the front office had kind of, I don't know, maybe turned things around from, from where they had been. But right now, like in the aftermath of all this, the only questions or the only things that really remain are questions. Nothing has really been answered. It's like, you know, Gabriel Heinze wasn't the right fit and, and was quite frankly doing some things that were, you know, horrible. Um if, if, again, the reports are true. Um, so you, you look at that and you look at what he was doing. And, and now, you, like I said, you, won't, you only have more questions because the front office doesn't really look super great coming out of this, uh, just like they haven't really looked great for a number of different reasons uh, this season. And that's the reason there are questions is because how, how do you get yourself into this situation in the first place? And I don't even know that I necessarily agree. I mean, the way this was – the way the club handled this was really, really poor all the way up to Gabriel Heinze's firing. And I understand that maybe he was. Well, but doing uh, the job is what I'm saying, actually making that decision to fire him. Like a lot of people, you know, don't want to admit that mistake early on. So I, I wouldn't say that everything was handled greatly, but at least they did the right thing but in they, getting rid of him. I think at well, this point. Well, they admitted the mistake once the Joseph Martinez news became public that he was training away from the team, but they initially, right. Darren Eels said publicly he's training away because of fitness reasons. So I yeah, mean, last year, I don't think they were that poor firing they, Heinze. So all of these things about Heinze that we're learning now, most of most of them, which were, had already been reported about him before he came here and he did when he was at Velez, these are things that they would have or should have known about him. So yeah. it's weird for them to then just go back on this, quote-unquote, new direction, this new project for the club. So, so willy-nilly, just when your superstar is upset with him. You know, you'd think that if you – committed so much into someone you knew was going to get into these situations you back him at the first line of trouble so just the way this has been handled by the club 
is the reason that, like you said, Sam, all there really are is questions. And I just they, they've handled it poorly from start to finish. And it, I mean, regardless of what you think of the hindsight, uh, uh, whether he should have gone or not, it's hard really to be confident in uh, the steps that need to be taken to get this thing back on track. And I will say one thing real quick, like like you're saying, kind of talking about the front office and like how you you had just mentioned that they said that he was training away from the team for obviously, you know, different reasons or, you know, quite frankly, they were lying. So, you know, you look at that and it's like, it just feels like this front office, man, they continue to have this sort of, I don't know, mentality of being above reproach and above being questioned and they're just going to do whatever they want lying just bold-faced lying saying the reason that joseph was training away from the team was for fitness which, which you know bottom line we, we all discovered wasn't true so this front office just really you know doesn't respect the fan base doesn't respect the media that covers this team because they, they just lie kind of constantly really now if you do it once it's one thing but this is a pattern that we're seeing from this team they just they're not very open to the media in terms of being honest and they they just got caught with their, you know, tail between their legs, foot in their mouth, whatever you want to call it. They got egg on their face yet again. Here. For the second and time in a row. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I, and that's, no, go ahead, Eric. Go. I, I just, I just, I just like to think that I'm glad that we're one of the podcasts that, that doesn't just, you know, kind of look at the team and just go positive all the way with the team. Call we it do what it is, man. There's nothing we do criticize right all that we're about. a lot. We're accused of that a lot. Criticize though. the team when, <laughs> it's, when it's due. Because, I, I mean, I, I look, and, and I could be wrong. I haven't listened to the other podcasts as exclusively as I listened to this one. But well, we'll just I just say podcast like we were, either. This we is were, not just podcast. We were, it's everybody that covers the team. <laughs> we, were on, we were on this kind of criticize the front office train for a while now. At least at least maybe starting to ask the question as to what, what, what the hell's going on. I made a list, and it's a rough list. So there might be more stuff. There might be stuff that – maybe doesn't truly belong on here uh, of stuff that the front office have gotten wrong essentially since, since uh, you know, since they won MLS cup and you've got the Frank DeBoer situation, you've got Paul McDonough, which you can talk about the rehiring of specifically of Paul McDonough after everything went on in inter, inter Miami. Um, you've got how they handled Gabriel, uh, Gabriel Heinze, um, the, 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 the transfer and, and kind of the, the handling of Pity Martinez while he was here, the transfers of, of, uh, of Perez and and I want to say Escobar. I want to throw Escobar in the mix, although I've forgotten exactly how exactly that went down. Um, how they mishandled the Dagby situation, Julian Gressel, and I know and I know the argument can be uh, that he was asking for too much money, but even in those discussions, it wasn't like it, it didn't seem like oh, Julian handled. Julian Gressel was was having amicable conversations with Atlanta United at that point. Um, so and it came as a even, surprise even, to the manager, right? Even if you disagree with with with. Agree, disagree, whatever, with with Julian Gressel deserving the amount of money that he was asking for, which I I, I think I made it pretty clear at the time that I, I I didn't think he was worth that much, but there's better ways to handle it than that. Um, lying about – well, I'll call it lying about – let's maybe lying is strong. Uh, it's not strong, though, because they keep doing lying, it. Lying about, lying about saying they didn't want to change things after Tots Martino – to the fans that they weren't going to change anything, and then came coming out uh, when they when they dismissed Frank DeBoer how they didn't want to change things. Um, then you got the 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 Felipe Cardenas report about how they drove Tata Martino away. Well, effectively drove Tata Martino away, and and you just look at the, that. That's just again a short list of things that they've gotten wrong, and and that you can kind of squarely put on the front office 
Um, let not even to, not even to mention the 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 player acquisition that had been going on the last three years, and now it hasn't been. Um, I guess the best and when it comes to player acquisition across the board where it just seems like between the DPs they bring, you can throw in the Alan Franco thing in there. Why, why would you bring in a, a, a defensive DP when defensively you might need, might've needed some, uh, some replacements in terms of depth, but you didn't really need anybody new on the front line or on the back line. Um, let alone, a let, alone, let, alone, let alone a DP. I, and there's so many other names. And there's so many other things that this front office has seemingly done that just leaves you scratching your head to the point where I'm like, okay, well, look, if, if we're going to fire uh, – if we're going to fire two coaches in, in effectively before they can finish their, 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 their contract, before one can finish even a, a, a full season of MLS, then you got to start looking at who's making these decisions. And I, I'm willing to give Darren Eel more of a chance than Carlos Bocanegra because Carlos Bocanegra has been, been kind of at the, at, the, at the front of a lot of these issues, at least when it comes to what, you've, what you read out of, out of Felipe's articles um, and some of the other aspects of, of what he does uh, in the front office, I, I, I'm looking at Carlos Bocanegra and thinking, okay, well, at what point do we need to ask him some serious questions about what kind of responsibility he has for how this team has essentially degraded since 2018? And I think there are a lot of them. And I think I, I wish, you know, I, I wish I wish people would ask the question more directly and 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 he would give a more direct response. I think the problem with um, being as direct and being very pushy about the kind of responses you want is that this team is very good about kind of saying nothing at all while giving you a, a full full-fledged answer. You look at the way that that uh, Darren Neal's handled the, the the Felipe article when it came to basically the accusations thrown at um, Carlos Carlos's way on 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 the radio, and, and he did a really good job of answering it. And then okay, guys, this is it. That was it. We're done. He also and, did a very you know, good job of throwing a good reporter on. under the bus, by the way, which is a bad look for the club. There was a different way he I, could have look, approached I, that. So even then, they're not doing things the right way. I, that, that's that's my big thing right now. I, I don't much still care about the play on the field anymore. I, you know, I think this year at this point is now a wash. I think you're kidding yourself if you looked at the first uh, third of the season and thought that this team was going to be a playoff team. Um, I, I was I was almost actively rooting for them to lose. Uh, not even to, not just because uh, at least against uh, New England, not just because of the Joseph Martinez stuff, but just of how bad everything has gone this season so far. I'm like I'm ready for bigger change than just. Uh, at the time, I didn't even think about the manager being fired for the reasons that he is has been fired. But um, I'm looking for even bigger change in that because I think that this is this is at this point institutional. That the issues that we that we're looking at are are go a lot higher than just you know tactical than than player acquisition. It's just it's all the way to the top. Yeah, I mean and, it, could, it couldn't be more obvious at this point. I mean, and and that's why I, I don't trust the club to say, oh, we made a mistake. You know, we're we're fixing our mistake. It's like well, you've made a lot of these, and at some point, you know, everything you described, Eric, is, is not exactly – doesn't exactly show much stability. So I don't even care. If they want to be standoffish with the media, fine. But don't screw up and get exposed by your manager with, when you cover for him about Joseph Martinez training to the side. Don't then, after you fire Heinze, clearly leak stuff to people in the media about how mean he was most of which was known already. And then the water part, obviously, 
is is pretty disturbing. We don't know exactly what that means, so it's hard to really get into into that. But I know, have a feeling that that might be exaggerated a little bit. Well, I just that's think why I'm not to willing you to take these with a grain of salt. You don't. Really yeah, know I'm not willing exactly to take the risk. Of, like I'm not. I, I wouldn't die on that hill as to how exaggerated it is. But I just feel like maybe I, something seems like there's been. Well, look, it was these are grown. These are grown. These are grown men. They can go out and get water if they want. Yeah, like, yeah, no, I, it, it was just. I mean, it it was purposefully. I feel like leaked so that there could be a lot of interpretations as to what it meant. You know, I mean, they, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. either yeah. way it's bad, but we're, you know, I feel like there's the, remember the Titan scene is getting stuck. Right. In yeah. that, you know, I don't think that's what was happening. Uh, or Joseph Martinez might've murdered uh, literally Gabriel Heinze at the training facility. So, I mean, th- that stuff doesn't happen. Um, the, the fact that the medical but, staff um, had to get involved is it probably makes it a little bit more serious than just like, sure. oh, these are grown men. They can go get water. I didn't mean it that flippantly, but at the same time, these are grown men. They could could easily go get water whenever they want. And, well, there was, well, but some of those tweets was, coming out of South America, though, where they're talking about, like, you know, Velez right. players, like, having eating disorders right. and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, that's what makes you think some I don't, of this I don't stuff put it, is, like, you know, potentially. You know, I don't put it past I don't put it past the potential of it being a thing. Uh, yeah. But, at, you know, I, I, I would like someone with the team. I was really hoping someone with the team would explain exactly how that went down. But it doesn't seem like that's the other aspect well, of this. That's the other that, thing. Is, is we never heard anything from the players. We never we've we've we haven't heard anything uh, specifically yeah, negative you about. You cannot you can't no comment your way through this. I mean, this is exactly. clearly a crisis. You have yeah, to and, and not only that, not only that, but like I'm going to say something here because Eric kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier, and even I think I, even I alluded to it a little bit earlier. It's like, look, some and I'm I'm not going to call anybody out. I'm not going to say it, but but some of the people that cover this team that that, that are like on the beat on a regular basis ask better questions ask tougher questions like today for example i feel like there was like one question that was really sort of like you know directed at, at like the crux of the issue which is gabriel Heinze and the the treatment of players and practices and things like that it was like one of those questions the rest of these questions were about joseph and like his commitment to the team or whatever you have all season long to talk to Joseph and ask those questions. There was no need to do that right now. What needs to be answered right now is what Josh is saying is you're in crisis. This story and this issue with Atlanta United right now is about really two main things. Number one, Gabriel Heinze and what is happening with him. And number two, Atlanta United's front office. Joseph Martinez and any newsworthiness out of him, quite frankly, is further down the list right now. So, it's not really anything you need to like super press him on. I felt like a lot of the, well, his did, responses. He did refute the report. He did say I was going to stay, right? But he made that clear right, right away. So he so so the one part about him that was newsworthy was answered quickly. Exactly. So you don't need to keep asking him like questions like about himself and like you know all that stuff. So it was just it was just weird, and it just continues to be weird. And I think this is not just an Atlanta United thing. It's an MLS media thing because you know, you go to other countries and, and see how they cover soccer and how they, they, they grill coaches and things like this. And, and it helps hold the team, helps hold the front office, helps hold the coaching staff accountable. And that doesn't really exist super, you know, or doesn't really exist a lot in the American soccer media landscape, if you will. So there's not as much of an like, I don't even want to call it adversarial, but you know, in any line of, of journalism, the, the goal is to hold the people in power, you know, in check and hold them responsible for their actions. And you can take that from a bigger journalistic perspective and take it down to sports. You're, the journalists are there to hold the people responsible for the team's success accountable. And it just doesn't really seem like that really happened today 
particularly because most of the questions were and 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 most of the sentiment seemed to be more geared at Joseph and not really getting any answers out of him in terms of like just the the meat of what's happening here and it's and what just, the team it, it just, just went through exactly well, and, and, and that's what and, and, that's and what people want to know about and to be and to be fair, you know, I don't think that the soccer media in the U.S. has the same resources that that they do in other countries. That's very countries. true. Or, you know, so I mean, there are but a that lot doesn't of things that go into tell that. you what questions to ask. But certainly, certainly, the story to me, once we find out Joseph is staying, is much more about hindsight and what. I mean, what 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 the heck? I almost cursed. What what just happened? Like, what just happened the last last few months exactly. of your club? Like, yeah. you hired this guy. You knew what you were getting into. Um, and then you encourage that behavior until basically the very last moment. And then uh, when your star basically said it was going to be his last year at the club and then said it wasn't about him that you fired, I'd say, but it wasn't about performances either. It was about day-to-day operations, but the only day-to-day operations we're learning about quote unquote bombshell stories are stuff that was already in the public, uh, yeah. the public arena about him that been reported in the media. I mean, it's, you, you can't, you know, I, I've said this a few times, but you can't hire Cookie Monster and then get mad when all the cookies go missing. You know, that kind of comes with the territory. You know, so I just to me, analogies for all the five year olds listening I, to. Yeah, the no, that was an incredible. <laughs> hey. Well done. I well love done. That. Well done. You have to see my level of thinking here. Now yeah. I've got the Family Guy scene stuck in my head where like Cookie Monster is like freebasing cookie dough, uh, like on a toilet seat. And, and the, wa- the water thing is the one part of that, right, that, that we haven't really heard about. We don't know exactly what it means. No one's really asking about it. And hopefully That's we'll why they have to ask about it. Like, that. what the hell? Hopefully we'll they get did, more, They did ask – I'm trying to think. They did ask Lennon, and I think they asked Walks, right? But, like, press. Yeah, like, they, you can't just, like, ask it. Like, I, one, I, like these it are was, big but it was, it, Regardless of how, they, how, how it was asked, it, it seemed as though the, the, the players themselves were like, I'm not really, really willing to get into – you know, hindsight and, and, and everything that went into that. I, it, it seemed like they wanted, they wanted to avoid the question as just as much as the front office did. And, and I think someone said that it felt like it, it sounded like that they were like an abuse in an abusive relationship. Well, I think <laughs> they want to make is, it sound like that, but I don't, at the same time, you know, like no player. Which sa- it sounds players, just, just to be clear, it sounds strong. And that's just something I thought was, I heard, I saw on Twitter. That, that, well, that's the narrative they want to present, I think. But it, I mean, no player has ever said anything publicly bad about him. And, and this is a club where obviously that has happened before, where players have criticized managers publicly. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, I don't, and you, I mean, to, to my eye, you always got good effort, despite having not very good players on the field, especially during this last period. So, I don't, you know, they're trying to, this, this narrative trying to be presented that it was the players against hindsight that he had totally lost the locker room. I mean, he had lost Joseph Martinez, which, I mean, which. You, know, you lose the locker room if you lose Joseph look, Martinez. In I mean, United. kind of. But look, I, I wasn't. I, I, I wasn't. know that I agree with that. I don't know that I agree with that. I mean, he I, was, I wasn't not, initially on Joseph's side, not at least 100%. I was, but I'm saying, though, he's the undisputed leader of the locker room. If you lose him, you're not going to be able to get the, the just, locker room back. I get that. Yeah. I don't. I think you you don't get the locker room back because they're going to be like, dude, we got to score goals, get this guy in the lineup. I don't. Yeah. I don't know for sure that Joseph Martinez has yet, and I hope he does. But if you think about who's on this roster and how much Joseph Martinez has actually been around over the last year, uh, yeah, I don't think he may have established you know that leadership role yet that he did have uh, in the previous era. I, I hope he. I think. I hope and think he will that he will do that. 
But I, I, I just think it was, it's a little bit more nuanced than, you know, the players were being abused and they, you know, and everyone was against Heinsay. I think they went through a really crazy uh, experience under a pretty crazy manager who they knew was crazy. <laughs> and I'm sure there are different feelings about that. But uh, the, the, the narrative the club is presenting almost that this is a moral decision is, is quite frankly just ludicrous to me, especially if they're going to refuse to be transparent about what actually happened. They're in 100% have to, cover your ass mode right now, man. This club is 100%. You, you also have to kind of mode. now, at least looking over the past uh, over this past season and some and the number of injuries that we have, you have to look and wonder maybe if, you know, the water situation is, is as true as face value gives it. If the, if the two a days are, are, are as legit as, as we're hearing, which right, that one, but I don't, that, but that's that, part that of a one, bigger I conversation, right? right. That one, Martino I don't know. Did that stuff too. You know, I think there's a bigger conversation here is sure. our professional players overwork generally, which I'm all for having, but this, this idea that hindsight was this, this, especially crazy manager when Tata Martino had three complaints filed against his practices from MSBA his first season in the league alone. I mean, we know from Bobby Boswell revealing the team trained 24 days straight. They did fitness every single one of those days. That is absolutely crazy in terms of if you think what Heinze is doing is crazy. So I just, but they, but they like Tata Martino, so it's different. Right. Well, he won. And <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, Gabriel Heinze doesn't do himself a lot of favors with the stuff he says in the media and not making himself super available talk to Martino clearly um, was, was better at, I think, building relationships. So that gives you a little bit more rope when, when you're able to do that. Um, but, but yeah, I just, the narrative the club is presenting, especially then expecting for like the fans to fall for that. When we see the product that you mentioned on the field, Eric, where you're almost like, I mean, I want this to win, but I've have I like it's it's not you know obviously it doesn't feel the same way. This doesn't this doesn't feel like this is going to work long term. So it's just, to me it's insulting as yeah. a fan. Aside from the hindsight Joseph thing, it's it's insulting as someone as a season ticket holder who goes to almost every game, and I'm sure a lot of other people feel the same way that you're going to do this flip flop on Joseph, um, you know, in terms of saying oh he was training away from team for fitness. Oh, then you, we find out that was a lie. Then you fire the manager. Then you say it's not because of that. Then you say it's because of all this behavior that you had allowed, that you knew was going to occur and allowed to happen. I mean, it's just not a picture of stability. And you combine that with the product on the field. And then you're going to come and just expect that I'm going to buy, oh, the players, you know, Gabriel Heinze was just this crazy, mean guy. It's like, no, if this situation is as bad as you're trying to portray it as, that's on you. So you need to be a little more transparent about what decisions you made that got us here. That's what I was talking about earlier with this front office seemingly no longer or if ever respected, respecting whatever this fan base and the media that covers it. I mean, they just, you know, the, the lies and, and, and the things like that. And, and the one that bothers me now, and Josh, you were kind of talking about this earlier. It's like, what purpose does the front office have I mean, I guess just to make it seem like everything's going well, and like I mentioned earlier, you know, cover your ass mode, it's like, why would you tell the media and tell the fans that, oh, Joseph is training separately for fitness, when you know that's not true? And like, I mean, it seems and like- if you that don't point, know that, that's even worse. That, that's true. And that's right. the thing. How could they have not known, like, all right. of these things, water, know, then- training too hard, whatever. Carlos Bocanegra and Darren Eos have offices that overlook the practice field. Like, how would yeah. they not know that these things are going on? So, again, 
either there's one of two things happening here. Either again, the club is just lying to their fans and, and the, the front office is in a very bad way of term, trying to cover for themselves as opposed to improve the club, which is what they were hired to do. So that's scenario a or scenario B they're freaking idiots that don't know what's going on at their own club. And those are quite frankly, the only two possible scenarios at this point. And I think you, as a fan, would much rather it be scenario A because then, you know, maybe Arthur Blank sees it and he can clean house and, and, and maybe we see some, some things start. And I'll, I'll even echo what Eric said earlier. Like, I'm willing to give Darren Eels more of a leash here because as we're finding out now, it's seemingly – or it's seeming that more and more Carlos Bocanegra is the one that's responsible a lot for, like, the player acquisitions, not as much Darren Eels. And those it seems like it's – yeah been bad <laughs> i mean we'll just call it, it seems what it like is. his name is it seems like his name is more attached to a lot of these things than than darren eels is where, but still darren either eels, way yeah i mean either way it's not seems to be more 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 business business operations whereas darren yeah. eels or uh, carlos is more you know for, you know team related stuff uh, i do wonder um josh you mentioned the the fan aspect of things and i, and I tweeted something out uh i don't know if it was yesterday or a couple of days ago but um about how I, I don't feel that this – that basically the front office has lost uh, its ability to be anything but transparent with its fan base now that it's essentially thrown away, whatever, however you want to describe it, that it's, that it's, that it's missed and messed up effectively the last two seasons for sure. Uh, although you can't really put last year specifically in the front office. But the point is that, that, that all the issues that have come up over the last three years um, – how how do you feel as a fan that this is it fair to say that the club is now is basically lost its privilege to to not be transparent at this point or or do you feel like they still can you know no I guess not necessarily no comment their way out of this but you know not essentially adhere specifically to the fan base at every turn right. for the foreseeable future. I mean, to me, I mean, if you're winning, they can do what they want. I mean, they, they could be – if they're if you're winning and making good signings and you're super coy and, and don't give a lot of information, I'm fine with it. If you're winning and being super upfront about it or, or whatever, uh, kind of the way the club actually was the first couple seasons, then I'm fine with that too. Um, so, you know, it kind of and, – and I wrote an article about this for Dirty South Soccer where, you know, I just think in the end – and it was specifically about managers, but I think in the end the decisions that we make about – the people who influence uh, the club will, I mean, they're going to be defined by results, period. I wish so, I had a mute button I mean, for muting Josh every time he plugged his articles on here. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess, sorry. But, uh, but you know, I mean, I think, you know, like to me, uh, but, but it bothers me that they're, I feel like they're, you can't, you can't have it both ways, right? If you're losing and you're trying to play coy, like, you know, better, or, you know, like it's better for that's, and especially to do that after, I mean, just you listed it off earlier, Eric, and didn't. I mean, that hardly scratched the surface. The, the poor decisions that you listed off earlier. I mean, it just it's just hard to get to this point, then to basically make a huge mistake and be like, "Well, we admitted it, and he was this crazy guy." So you know, we're just gonna no comment our way through the rest of this and move on, and we got to get the next hire right. It's like, no, you put us in this situation. So I think the I saddest thing about all of this is that Eric put that list together. Like yesterday we were kind of talking about this and talking about our, you know, kind of planning what we were going to talk about on this episode. And that was, this was all before Joseph Martinez's comments, but it took Eric like five minutes to put that list together. And it is a substantial list of mistakes. I mean, it's not like two or three things. So like you look at all of this 
And right now, obviously, the team is in a terrible way. But I think even more so now, I'm starting to look back at Tata Martino, and I'm like, how integral was this guy to the success? Like, like obviously, after Felipe's article about, like, Tata being pushed away, I felt even stronger yeah. that Tata was one of the main reasons. And now, like, after all and this is happening, it's, it's, it's right. astronomical. And Boca Negro kind of sliding into that void in some ways that Tata filled. I mean, I think it's twofold. Yeah, Tata was huge, obviously, but then also his departure elevated, clearly correlated with an elevation of Boca Negro's responsibilities. And it's just been miss after miss after miss after miss. Basically, from the, the moment uh, after Tata Martino left, it's, it's really incredible. I mean, yeah, it, it no, that, like, that's the biggest thing for me out of all of this right now is like you look at Tata Martino and, and look, I said that Heinz is a big story here, obviously. And the front office is a very close second. But the third thing here is Tata Martino's like lasting impact on this club. And like as soon as he's gone, you're starting to realize that the people that were left behind don't know what they're doing. And it's, it's at a just baffling level. And not only that, but – you're going to lose this fan base because Josh is a season ticket holder. You said like, you're not going to keep going to games week in and week out if the club's just going to keep doing this, you know, like keep like treating you poorly, not poorly, but like disrespected, like as a fan and be like, you should keep lying and keep doing all this stuff. It's like, you're going to lose the fan base and eventually start losing money. And eventually, you know, that's when Arthur Blank might even like, you know, have his ears peak up or perk up a little. I, I might not be the best personal example of someone who would stop getting season tickets because my initial thought was I'll go to an empty stadium and sit down and, you know, tilt my brow at the game and judge everyone. <laughs> uh, and it ended up being an awesome experience. So I don't um, – but, but yeah, you're absolutely right, Sam. I mean, they're going to lose – they're going to lose capital and fan base if they continue with this behavior. I, look, I hope – I hope – I think I tweeted out last week too, but I, I hope that the, the supporters groups just decide at one point, all right, well, we're not going. I, I, I guess – before the Joseph thing got resolved um, and we heard more about that, there was less, less need to do that, I guess, from my perspective. But uh, now that we've gotten some kind of, you know, some, some, I, I feel like we gave them a resolution rope, right? there. Like, don't, I feel the, like, like, no, us, the front office, like all for the, like immediately under the divorce thing, people are like, Oh, it's, it's dumpster fire, blah, blah, blah. You know, we tried to preach caution. Talking. Oh no. Yeah. Well, they, look. they were right for the wrong reasons, but I feel like this is, you know, it's just, it's now it's just too much. It's like, no, this you even go back and look at that year and you're like, how, you can't really say it was not a success on paper because I mean, you did, you were literally almost, you were, you were a missed penalty kick away from, from, re, from hosting MLS cup yeah. for a second and year in a row. Plus the U S plus U S and Open, the super plus, cup plus, or whatever that thing. Is. And yeah, you, yeah. You, you can still identify that season as when the decline started was that you were, so on top before and then of course it fell off a cliff uh, in 2020 uh my thing i i've lost all ability to trust anything this front office does i don't care who's yeah. rumored to join this club i don't care who's rumored to to be the future coach of this club i it just it doesn't matter because i can't trust anything it's it's very much a wait and see and, and you're gonna have to prove it to me bud no matter who you are um and super it sad too because though, this club this, this the front office and us like this this show like us and darren eels and and even bocanegra we met him before. we've had a good relationship with these people before and like it seemed like early on in the process before the team had even like played games and stuff they were going to do things the right way it really seemed that way and then they started to win and it felt like that's when the we know what we're doing we don't need to you know answer any questions to anyone started happening it felt like they started to win 
and the egos and the people started getting big for their britches and stuff. And it, it just, it seemed like at first this was going to be run a hundred percent the right way. And right now it really doesn't seem like that. And it's sad because again, we've had good relationships with these people, this show in particular. You also look at the way Tata Martino left, the things that he sort of had to say afterwards, um, or, or at least that came out afterwards. And you look at the hire of Frank DeBoer, you look at the guy at the hire of, of, Heinze and you and you just think, man, maybe maybe these aren't the first choices that Lenny United's going after, and I think that might be true for for uh, at least to me. I mean, you look at Frank DeBoer, and there's nothing spectacular about his resume when Atlanta United was looking at him. Uh, Heinz is a little bit different, but you did have everything else going on in the you know in the in the background when it comes to. I mean, I, I saw an interview the other day where kids were uh, the the players. What was it? They were fined if they were like. I don't know how many pounds overweight or whatever it was. And uh, to which the, the, the people that were interviewing him were like, what are you, are you insane? Um, but it, it just seems that, that you, you, you knew a lot of the stuff that was out there. Um, and so you, I don't think that these are kind of the, the, the top people laying eyes going after. And so if that's the case, then you got to think that even now with the turmoil that the front office has kind of put this team in seemingly that the players select the player, the players available to Atlanta United right now are, are not going to be as proficient as the players that were available to Atlanta United. Even when Tata Martino left, I, I wouldn't expect you're getting the best crop of players. So even if they do get someone that's somewhat promising, you're looking at it and be like, all right, well, you're gonna have to prove it because I've seen the past two years and the track record that, that this front office has. And I don't, I, I, I can't trust it. I can't trust what the team does, who the team brings in, what they say. I, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing. They're going to, they're going to have an uphill battle. If I were Darren, I, you have a hell of an uphill battle trying to prove that, that you're the right, you're the right, you, you and Carlos are the right people for the, to run this club at that level. Um, moving forward, you've got quite the uphill battle. Um, and it's going to take a while. Not only it's, it's going to be a lot of hard work to prove it, uh, but it's going to take quite a long time too. You're going to have to really, really hit home on, on some player acquisitions on whoever the next coach is. You definitely can't miss there. Um, and I don't know who is able to make a decision about Carlos, Carlos Bocanegra. Um, I don't know if that's specifically something Darren Yields can do, or if that is specifically an Arthur blank thing, but, it's it's about time that someone at least starts to have that conversation. I, I I'm, I'm glad that the fans are now starting to starting to kind of notice the same things we've noticed the last six months or so or whatever, however long it's been. Uh, specifically when it comes to Carlos Bugnegra and just the decision making of this team and and where that ultimately, you know, you know who that ultimately falls on. It's not just a Frank DeBoer thing. It's not just a Heinz thing. Is it's it's you know it's a it's a, it's a front office thing. So it just, you know, where, where does this team go from here, guys? You, you now need, you're now in a position where the team needs a new manager. Um, the front office, a lot of questions. You know, the results aren't there. You still got a lot of players with injury, a lot of players on international duty. Um, I, I'm not specifically thinking just in terms of the next couple of weeks, but, you know, for, for the rest of the season, where does this team go from here? Yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, you talk about, like, the international duty. Like, I feel like this team has had a – crap ton of different things working against it this year uh i don't think i ever remember a team that i follow personally being this ravaged by like uh you know 
summer tournament. Like, obviously, it doesn't happen in international soccer that much because the European teams and the South American teams, they, they all seem to play on the same calendar where summer isn't like a super big uh, part, you know, of, of your uh, your season or whatever. It's mostly preseason training and things like that. So it's unfortunate that Atlanta United have had to deal with that. But for as much of that stuff as they've had to deal with, they've also had a lot of self inflicted damage that we've talked about a lot during this episode of the podcast. And it's just, it was funny because I was thinking this uh, a little earlier as one of y'all were talking, I'm like, you know, we've had basically over the last two years, we've had, you know, quite a few negative episodes of this podcast. This one might be the worst in terms of negativity, but it's, again, it's not unjustified negativity. This is just where we are as Atlanta United fans right now. It's this club just seems in a complete, you're in complete disarray. And again, I said this a few times earlier, but it really feels like the their, people in charge and, and making decisions are a lot more concerned with covering their own butts, asses, whatever you want to say, than advancing this club right now. And it just seems like, look, obviously they want to do good at their jobs, but it gets to a point where you dug yourself into such a hole that, you know, deflecting blame on the Gabriel Heinze because as Josh was saying earlier, man, like it didn't seem like this team really hated the guy all that much like Joseph did, but it, it seems more than anything like the, 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 that certain people are just looking to deflect as much blame as possible and save themselves as opposed to, you know, doing their job and getting this club to a better place. Because right now, as, as you've alluded to, Eric, these players aren't good enough, like top to bottom on the roster. You know, you look at what this roster was in 2017, 2018, and that team would wipe the floor with this team every day of the week. So the team's not good enough. The just philosophy of the club in terms of what they want to do, attacking, defending, whatever, is not good enough. The, even, the like, we, even, we don't even know, you know. But even well, the, the business point. model, even the business model aspect of the club, you sold one player. Okay, sorry, pity no, included. But you, you, if, uh, you know, you've 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 sold two players at a profit. Um, and the idea is that you were bringing young players in to then sell them off to, to Europe. Yeah, Marco, and other, no other profit. Countries. Like, what, what is and happening? And that's not – that's not – look, you can you, – I, I can't even really include Pity. I know you made a profit off of Pity, but you can't really include Pity into that camp because Pity's not a young player playing in Europe right now. That's not – And the, the Saudi Arabian teams coming in with their insane <laughs> money. Saudi, was it Saudi Arabia? Yeah. Okay. Very those, teams, those teams coming in with their just unlimited resources and money, like, you can't really count that. That, that I, was just a, like, it wasn't, getting very lucky. It's not even that. It's it's the age. He's not a young player, so it, you know it all. At at this point, it seems as though countries, European teams would would overlook him just basically because of the fact that he's he he seemed like a, a maybe a, a slightly above average player. You're not, your player. model is not to sell players to the South exactly Europe. like that's not sustainable. Um, <laughs> that well, not only that, but it wasn't. Yeah, correct. And you know, it, it seems like you've only really been able to do what you wanted to do with one player so far and you're five seasons in. Um, so I, I don't know how long that, that model was supposed to kind of how long that was supposed to take to kind of, before it kind of kicked in like full effect, but it doesn't seem like that's what that's, that's the, the way in which we're going right now. Yeah. And I want to talk one other thing. And I, I don't, this is something I know a lot of fans have mentioned how Carlos Bocanegra told the season ticket holders, um, it basically, it, it, I think it was before the 2020 season that they had to do a full reset after 2018 uh, because of they had committed so much to the cap and they had gone all in those seasons. And if you look at the money they've spent since then and the salaries they're paying now, it doesn't make much sense that they couldn't have 
it doesn't make much sense to me to say we couldn't have held on to these players financially because you win and replace them with players that are worse. And in a lot of cases, you're going to making more Paid money. More. Yeah. yeah. So, so like, uh, I just, it, there's no, cons- there's just, there's no way to believe or trust anything they do at this point. And the only way they can win it back is by the team starting to win again. And as you guys have discussed ad nauseum, the players are nowhere close to being at that level where this team can contend. And that goes again to what I was saying earlier. This club does not respect the fans. They don't respect the media that covers the team because they can just go out and say whatever, like, oh, we had to cut costs. We had to cut these players. We couldn't sign this guy for salary. You know, we, we tried to get this guy. Well, first of all, I mean, you blatantly lied to Darlington Nagby. You told him you were going to renegotiate and get him his deal, and you didn't. So that, that, that was a bold-faced lie. And then – it, it, it was similar with Julian Gressel, too. Maybe right, not they did say, direct- yeah, exactly. I forget the details exactly, but I th- I want to say it was something similar with Julian Gressel where they said right. they were going to talk to him and they j- either didn't or I don't know, but it didn't work out the way that they had told Julian Gressel it was going to work out. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. And so I thought like, he was going to stay in Atlanta, but that, 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 even the conversations I guess weren't had. This is not how yeah. you do good business. Like constantly telling players, yeah, we'll do this for you. And then not doing it. And then as Josh alluded to a second ago, it's like, you're like, okay, we're going to you know, cut some costs or bring in players that are better values or whatever. And then you go sign Jurgen Dam to a ridiculous amount of money. And it's just, none of this stuff has worked out. And it's just, it's almost laughable. If you look at like the, the, the way this team was built with Tata Martino uh, leading up all the way to like 2018 when they went MLS cup. And then after that, like, this is a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, like, whatever you want to call it situation, like, tale, tale of two cities, any sort of, like, you know, imagery that, that points to a two-headed monster here. Like, that's what this has been. And it's been this is so bad since Tata left. Like, unbelievably bad. Player acquisition. What you've been paying some of these players. Giving a goalkeeper 800 thousand dollars Like, just everything has been so bad. Hashtag history, man. Hashtag you know, history. You know what's amazing to me, speaking of history, you say the moment Tata left, the day after, or maybe two after we won MLS Cup, you traded away Greg Garza, and yep. then you ended up replacing him with Breck Shea, who uh, <laughs> uh, was not very good and then injured himself for the season. So, like, literally, the moment Tata Martino left, you made your first, we know best we're going to rebuild this team in our yep. own mold personnel decision. And it was one of many incorrect ones. It's the it's the thing that kind of uh, I, I I I don't have a lot of high expectations when it comes to whoever they bring in next, unless it's just unbelievably obvious. Are you saying that you don't they, have faith? Like at this point, you don't have faith until like there's a complete reset. Like because I kind of feel I, I, I'm not I gonna just, lie, like, I feel that way at this point. Like I don't have faith I, I don't, in what this team's going to do long term until there's other people making these decisions. Because I just don't, we have I don't the track know. record I, I, now. It's been failure after failure after failure after lied to the fans and media, after disrespecting players, after lying to players. After, I mean, it just constantly, every step that they seem to have taken has been the wrong one. Here's the situation we're in now, though. Carlos Boganegger isn't going to leave. doesn't seem like Darren Ailes is going to leave. And it feels like, and it feels like, and it feels like generally that, people are willing to give Darren Eels a pass more so than they're Boca Negra. I think there's obvious reasons for that, uh, but he's also involved in these decisions, but we're, we're left with a situation where we do have to trust the front office that we currently have to make the, the next managerial decision. And so 
because what they're going to be like? the ones to do it regardless of what we wanted. Yeah, because they're, they're going to be the ones to do it. We don't to do it. Yeah. yeah, there's not much. There's not much say in. in I don't have to trust them, Eric. I don't have to. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying you have to trust them. What I am saying is that they're going to make the decision. Uh, and so, you know, how many? How many? I, I want to say that give them a chance, but at the same time, they deserve no chances right now. Uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm in this weird middle camp where I'm like, I, I want this team to do well. I want them to rebound from this quickly, but I also don't have faith that this is the group that's going to do that. And I also don't have any kind of faith that, that, that these are, that it's anyone else is going to be able to come in and, and fill that, fill that void, I guess. Um, and so I, I don't, I just don't know after the last two hires, after all the rumors, I don't know who wants to. This is not an. This is not a desirable job. It's not attractive like. at all from, right now. No, from from, <laughs> from someone who's who's witnessing what the club's doing on a day to day basis and and following that story, and getting um, undermined by the front office constantly. Like whoever takes this job, it, it feels it like they're going to get undermined by the front office. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like a job that anyone wants. On top of that, it's it's you're still in a rebuild, uh, and you're going to be in a rebuild for at least I want to say one or two more years. Next year's not going to be that much better. Am I getting? Some it, sorry, it's I don't not, know. The good news not, here, you can turn going, it around in MLS going, pretty we're quick. We're not going, we're not going zero to hero in in one year with the current players we have now. I agree that you can go from zero, from you know last to first and still make the playoffs in in, in less than a few months. Uh, but these aren't the players that are going to do it. I'm sorry, they they just these aren't the players that are going to do it. You 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 don't have a a those teams that find ways to do that have established players have players that that physically or just visibly express the drive to do that you've got token guys that that either have been with the team for a long time or or uh or or that level of professional that they can kind of just i guess turn it on and i'm not saying these guys aren't professionals but it the the talent isn't there to do something like a like a like an all-star break type of turnaround that we've seen in the past from I think Toronto and 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 more notably Seattle the last I guess few years, um, but regardless, you're looking at this front office and you're thinking, okay, well, who's coming in next? And I'm like, I I, I don't even know where to go. I don't know if I want someone from South America. I don't know if I want someone European. I don't know if I want. I, I'm at this They've point. I'm, I'm I'm leaving. I'm leaning towards let's find so, let's find someone that just sounds like a leader. I, it, let, let let the rest of it fall where it may, but let's find someone that just sounds like a leader that at the very least you can kind of, you know, raw, raw this thing back to back to a place where we all, all are at least somewhat happy. Oh yeah. You know um, where we're going here. You know where we're the, going. Someone here. threw out the name Landon Donovan and I'm like, you know what? Oh, this is a I disaster. I don't hate it, but <laughs> well, that's not where I was you know, going. But, I think he's thinking Klinsman, right? But you're a good oh, Klinsman, no, no, baby. No, 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 no chance. <laughs> you said Donovan, so you legitimized Klinsman. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. The thing is, you get the raw rawness out of Landon Donovan, which is kind of where I was I going with that. And, one. and that's the good thing. You also get number one like, Mexico fan in Landon Donovan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they were still doing that. Uh, I do think short term. Uh, uh, Rob Valentino does kind of provide that, right? He's just someone that everybody knows, everybody likes, everyone respects. Yeah. You know, like good person to have in charge, just to well, kind people of people felt that way about Stephen Glass too, though. True, true, but I don't <laughs> think Stephen. I, I think Valentino has, in a lot of ways, been the intermediary between the players and coaching staff. So he has a lot of those yeah, one-on-one right. relationships. Whereas Glass was managing the USL side, so you know, I think that you know they really do. You know, they're, they may, at the very least, they're having fun right now. And I, like you said, Eric, the team is not 
very good. I do want to add one short-term note of optimism is if Joseph Martinez gets back to being Joseph Martinez, and I know that's a big if, but you have a decent defense. You have a very good uh, Santiago Sosa as your, as your number six. You have some okay to, you know, some decent pieces, uh, Barco and, and Moreno. If you get Joseph Martinez literally shouldering the entire goal-scoring load, which we know he can do, maybe it is a team that can get hot and, and make a run. I, you guys are way not, kinder but... to this defense than I am, though. And Joseph Martinez in his comments today, I don't know if he, like, meant this as, like, throwing the defense under the bus, but he certainly, you know, did kind of. He, he said – That's um, yeah, I mean, he said that he, he he alluded to something that I've talked about a lot on this podcast, and it's the you know the inability to hold leads. I mean, he even made an allusion to that. Yeah. And who what's whose fault is it when you don't hold a lead? Whether it's fair or not, it's the defense. <laughs> yeah, sure. No, and defensively, the last month or so has not been good enough. I want to believe a lot of that is, has has to do with you know, you've got George King, guys like George Campbell in there right now. You've played Alex to John, but. But certainly there were trend lines going the wrong way before uh, you had Miles Robinson and, and George Bellow depart. So it's a defense I still believe in. I think Alan Franco looks actually, despite the criticism of him being a DP, which is totally legitimate, uh, he's starting to look like a, a decent player to me. So if you can get Joseph literally playing at Joseph MVP level, he is one of the rare players that can carry uh, maybe a lesser team uh, through. I, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but you never know. I mean, you, that is a recipe to winning a, you know, one-off tournament as, as the MLS playoffs are. If you get a guy hot scoring goals and everyone else follows along, you never know. Um, so I I, that's the thing. If you have a goal scorer, I wish I shared your optimism. But no, I I, I'm kind of with Either way, that doesn't make you trust the front office or the direction of the right, team. Right, no. So, that doesn't solve the bigger picture. Well, that's kind of like the first year success under Frank DeBoer. Like, well, he still had a really damn good roster that Tata Martino left him. So, like, you can talk about the club having success all you want, but ultimately it leads back to something we talked about earlier, that Tata Martino is the reason this club won MLS Cup and the reason that they got started as well as they did. So, you know, you, you can look at all that stuff and, and you, you can you – can, Joseph Martinez could start scoring goals again, and that has nothing to do with the front office. Like, you know, that just has to do with the player getting better again. What's weird is that the front office has sort of set themselves up for, for almost another failure by suggesting that they really want to find someone quickly because they still have the, the rest of the season to go. And, and no, well, it, a, 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 big, a big chunk of it is already gone in a third of the season. Um, you know, there is kind of alluding to what you're talking about, uh, Josh, there is something you can build off of, but you need to find someone like within a month that can kind of come in and start kind of taking over. And it puts the front office in a position to, to kind of lose again, because you're not going to have that long to vet. You had so much time last year uh, because they already kind of given up on the season whenever Frank DeBoer was already gone. Well, I mean, pretty soon after Frank DeBoer was gone, um, less so less true this time around. Um, and the front office has already explained that they want to find someone, they want to bring someone in pretty soon. So I, I, which is kind of why I go lean more towards like a raw, raw guy, because if the tactics are just at least, you know, somewhat respectable and then he's a guy that players like, just find that guy. So uh, hire Ted Lasso is what you're saying. I, dude, I don't like, I don't know. At this point you need someone that is going to appease the, the players. There's a player's coach at this point And like 100% of players coach at this point. 
um, and, and someone, coach, and baby. someone, and someone that will appease the fans, someone that will, you know, will be able to, you know, kind of give the fans some hope. Someone that's a name, like I, they got to go after a name. Um, I heard, um, I think Doug mentioned, and I don't think he was, you know, I, I think he was just, it, it was just content, but he mentioned uh, the four college coaches that, that he thinks that might be a good shout. And my, my thing is whether, whether college or not, I don't care. You it, like it, crazy fitness sessions. But, <laughs> yeah. college but no, you need, you need, you need, you need a, you need, I feel like you need a name and a name that the fans are immediately like, yes, bring him in. Here's the thing. Um, and and whether the tactic, whether the tactics work or not, at least you know that you you have someone that the fans are going to like, that the players are going to like right off the bat, that are going to help change the 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 PR problem that the club is facing, or at least the front office is facing right now, um, and how it handles its fans, how it handles, um, you know, just its communication with the players, you know, someone that can that can be that kind of beacon of hope, at least for the foreseeable future. <laughs> I, I do think that. Wait, did you not have a name? I thought you were. You were like, no, no, I didn't have a name. No, 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 I didn't oh, have a name. But you need, that's you the need, problem no, no, no. here, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, who 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 fits that role? Who would fits that role, and, and, and who wants to come to Atlanta United and do that? I, well, that's, that's the hey, thing, right? What about Marcelo Bielsa? Oh, wait, bridge burned. My bad. Right. Yeah. Right. No more water. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he's a big fan of water either. Um, the, the the thing is, so you back yourself into a corner by saying we're going to make this hire quickly. And then, like Eric said, it's got to be a hire that appeases the fans. But we don't know who that is because we don't trust anything that they're going to do. You don't have enough time to bring in most likely a big, big name that would somehow, you know, curry favor with the fans enough to, like, bring them over to your side. And then on top of that, if I'm a manager looking at this, I'm like, regardless of what I think of Gabriel Heinze, everyone knows that is a guy that you have to commit to for a couple years. So his system gets into play. Everyone knows that he's one that's bumped heads and had problems early, and you fired him. So, like, if I come to you as Atlanta United and say, here's my long-term project, I look at the last – and I include Frank DeBoer on that. I mean, you bailed on your last two coaches before they really got to implement what they wanted under DeBoer. Oh, come on. You know they were the right moves to get rid of both of those guys. I wouldn't <laughs> yeah, come on bailing on them. Well, no, I mean, if you're, if you're going to – if I'm a manager, all I'm saying is, and I look at particularly the Gabriel oh, okay. Heinze. From the manager like, perspective, I see what you're saying. Yeah, like why would I why would I want to go there? Like Gabriel Heinze was exactly who he said he was gonna be, and, and they and they fired him, you know, several months in. So like if I go there and present a plan and they accept that and hire hire me, I'm gonna be looking behind my back all the time, thinking, you know, the first sign of trouble, they're just gonna fire me because they're not willing to commit to a long term project or direction, even though that's what they keep saying. I'm going to recklessly speculate here. I'm just throwing out a random name because he was attached to MLS at one point. But he's got Rangers going in a pretty good direction. He's played in MLS before. He's British. And he fell. (laughs) He's British. Darren Eels is British, so they'd have that in common. He'd he'd have a a fellow Englishman to to chat with about, you know, various English things. Steven Gerrard, just do it. Why not? He probably wouldn't come, but, you know. At this point, the, at this, like this point, this would, that's just as good as anything that anybody can throw out there. Because, as Eric said earlier, we we can't trust. And Josh, you said this too. We we can't trust what they're going to do, so we don't know. Just throw out random names at this point. I just I like I don't I don't yeah I don't know I I I just think it needs to be a raw raw guy, and I hate saying that because that's like like the lowest denominator you can possibly like immediately go for. But they should hire Jason. 
I'm saying oh, Longshore. Jeez. <laughs> what? That was Josh who said that, not me. I'm just going to make that clear. I think you guys that, are reading too much into this. Well, the next talking point after that would be, you know, the bullying. So can't really Ooh. go that route either. Yeah, I don't want to get into that. I would like to point uh, out that other people have tweeted us about that randomly, and it's not just us driving that. I point. was just but anyway, joking. I don't. I, you guys, you guys um, are much. Look, I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Done with you. I don't know who it is. I. I don't even want to speculate in terms of the names because we well, keep just, talking about rah rah guys. Like, who's more rah rah than Jurgen Klinsmann, man? <laughs> I don't well, think he'd be say, a good hire. I'd say he's a rah rah guy, though. That's he's very rah rah. Like, like I don't. I just. I just. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know what's going to happen. And no, at this point, nothing makes sense anymore. That's the yeah. point. Like, we've done this exercise multiple times now with, with in recent memory with, like, new coaching guys. Like, okay, here's all the names. Uh, here's why this guy would be a good fit. Here's why this guy uh, might want to come to MLS. Here's why this project might entice this guy. At this point, A, I'm just tired of doing it. And B, it's going to be the same names recycled over and over again. Look, the, the reason, so the reason, and I joke when I bring up, when I, when I mentioned the Landon Donovan thing, but think of what Landon Donovan, w- uh, the personality, think of what he would do to kind of change the feel about this club right now. Right now it's a, at an all time low. It, it, the fan base is in the dumps. Everyone feels not great about this team. Someone like him, a personality like his doesn't have to be him person I like is would come in, immediately connect with the fan base, immediately connect with the players, immediately talk about, um, you know, turnarounds. I don't know if the tactics are there for, for, for forget specifics with Landon Donovan, because it's not just about Landon Donovan, but a guy like him, the personality, um, and the way he'd able to turn, turn the, the, the perception of the team, um, turn the, this kind of, uh, this, this kind of, you know, Death Star type feel of the front office if you will, turn that around. You know, I feel like a guy like a personality like that would make perfect sense right now, even if the tactics aren't great. Um, make it a short-term contract, kind of make it earn it because, look, I, you guys are right. There is still time to turn it around this year. Uh, I just, I don't, I don't have, I'm not as optimistic that it will happen. Oh, I don't think it's going um, to happen. So, I just wanted to so point out if, you, if you give it, if you make it, if you make this year kind of like a, and if you're signing a, coach you're probably you, the minimum is going to be two years you know the, make this year kind of like a uh you know nothing's expected of you do the best you can you know and then next year is when the expectations kind of come in i i think a lot of up-and-coming coaches look at that and think i yeah i can do that that sounds awesome i can help you turn your fan base or turn all the problems around i can help um i, I just don't know that Many South American coaches, many European coaches, many big, big names that you would ever hear about as an obvious or as a candidate, as a reasonable candidate, um, are going to look at Lane and be like, "Yeah, I'd like to take that endeavor on." It was different okay. with Tata Martino because he he comes in and it's all new. He can kind of mold it how he wants, and he did exactly that for the most part in year one, and then sort of in year two, um, but. A, a new coach coming into what Atlanta United is now, that's, that's a tougher ask, unless there's someone that's up and coming. Here's a thought. We've gone international. I say, but. We've gone international, all three hires. All three head coaches of this, uh, this project, this Atlanta United project, have been international hires with international experience. I mean, do you maybe go for like an MLS lifer type guy this time around? Just because it's – I, mean, I, I don't – 
that's what I'm saying. I don't agree with doing things just to do them. Like it's like, okay, well, we've done this other thing. So let's do this other thing and see if it works out. But in this instance, you know, maybe, maybe it helps for some, for maybe, maybe it just clicks differently. Certainly cast a wide net where the candidates are looking for at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I don't think Burmese would be a, like, <laughs> let me put it this way. They could hire much worse coaches in my opinion. No, I think he's a, I think he's a fine coach. There are definitely yeah. options. I mean, you know, it, What's Jason we, we always doing, it, doing right now. Oh, good. Oh, See, they always take it. <laughs> Boo. That's the thing. There's not a long list. <laughs> There's not a long list of people that would inspire confidence in that MLS kind of demographic. Can we um, poach Bruce Arena from New England? Although there are plenty of good uh, American coaches. Hey, he looks like he's doing a great job up there. I, would I think love, we need a lacrosse I coach. The, I would love the deep dive into the lacrosse history. That's what I would love. <laughs> yeah. As soon as he gets hired, the deep dive into who Bruce Arena is. No one ever asked him about the 15 article think piece. <laughs> Because the media is soft, they never ask him about it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, I, it's it's. I, I mean, I hate to say it, but I think this season's shocked. I think. Uh, <laughs> I think that you, you know we're we're looking at a good. I mean, hopefully this is a quick turnaround. But I I just and I've got tickets with to the, Saturday's not, game. What am I supposed to do? Not with the current player base. <laughs> Get drunk, I, man. It's 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 a weird Fun. feeling watching this team. You don't have you, to watch I'm the saying. game. You don't have to remember anything. It's a, yeah, it's I'm a weird feeling. I was gonna say, Just by the way, Josh, my, my older brother's coming with me, so we're gonna come find y'all's uh, y'all's group. Sounds sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, no, I I say you still go to the game. I remember when the early days, I would have to actively try and stay sober before I went in because I wanted to, you know, remember the game, and it would work about you know half the time, but the now, now it's just like <laughs> now, yeah, now it's like oh, whatever, you know. And uh, it's, it's I'll bring still the Don time. Julio. It's still a great time. It's still a great time. <laughs> uh, can I say one last thing about Gabriel Heinze, and then you guys can say what? So, what, I is think Gabriel Heinze, bastard? I think he's a good manager. Uh, you can make an argument that uh, he wasn't a good fit, but I think he's a good manager. I thought tactically what he was implementing, particularly on the attacking side, you can talk about man marking and all that, but was was uh, creative, exciting. Uh, in a lot of ways, innovative. It shows you that tactics are maybe a bit overrated because you have to have the players to, to do the important stuff. Um, but I, I think he was a very good manager, and I think that uh, I think the club kind of made a mistake. I mean, I, I, I mean, we don't know the specifics of the situation, but I, I feel yeah. like uh, that, that the, if they were committing to this guy, who you know is a, has a real specific way, things that he wants, and um, – I think you should. I think they made a mistake, and I think they should have stuck by them, unless there's something we don't know about, and they don't want to tell us. So, so does that uh, mean I, the bigger story here is the front office than Gabriel Heinze? Because pretty much this entire episode, we've been kind of saying the big story is Gabriel Heinze. But if you don't think he should have been fired, maybe the bigger story here is the continued ineptitude. Right, of the front right. but I know I'm in. I know I'm in the minority on that. But yeah, I, I, I feel. I mean, I feel like if I'm going to make the decision to get in bed with this guy, I, I mean, I'm going to stick with him. And I do think you saw some Ooh, good things. Tanky. I mean, yeah. Oh, and he is, a, let me tell you, that is a good looking, <laughs> good looking lad. Um, but, you know, I, and I, I don't know. To me, I saw some of the, some things that I really, really liked from a coaching standpoint. The team always gave a lot of effort, you know, Positioning was usually pretty good. Like I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna fault them for that. And don't get me wrong, there were mistakes. And but I mean, it was, I mean, it was a very, very tactically speaking, a fascinating way to play. And you know, you just didn't have the players to execute that. And that's not really his fault. Uh, 
So to me, uh, you know, hey, clearly you he's a players. and look clearly yeah, and clearly he's a boomer bust type manager, right? I'm sure he'll flame out somewhere else later. He's such a clearly a wild personality, but to me, I I really enjoyed what I could see, which is very little, right? All we could see was the games, but what I could see, I really liked what I saw, and uh, players didn't really have a bad thing to say about him. So I think you've let a pretty good manager go, and you really made yourself look bad in terms of other managers wanting to come here who will know Gabriel Hines. They know exactly what he's about and say, well, they, they turned on him as soon as exactly what he said he was about reared its ugly head. And he, and he, and he butted heads with, with another big personality. That's not a surprise. So if I go there and I give me a couple years to get the Academy players integrated, you know, the homegrown players, that's what I'm going to do, you know, and who's going to say they're not going to fire me after four months of bad results? Or if I have a bust up with one of the academy players, you know, like, like why, why would anybody want to come to Atlanta United when you've seen a manager who does have a philosophy, is, is principled, has a way of playing, and then the club turned on him as soon as those principles created any problems. So I think not only is Gabriel Heinz a good manager and that the club made the wrong decision, uh, although I understand the, the other side of it, but I think mostly – I don't see why any manager knowing what Gabriel Heinze is all about would want it to take this job. I feel like Josh burying this in minute 60 of our uh, podcast. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to say, if people like you, Josh, so you're going to get away with saying that. If, if, if I had said exactly what you said, I would get crushed on Twitter. <laughs> 100% crushed on Twitter. We've been going for an hour now, and he finally said, where was this? Well, I just, think, I just think that's my – I don't think that's the big story. I mean, I think that that's just the hot take, right? Yeah, that's fair. That's absolutely yeah. fair. It's just, it's just a hot take. But, but uh, Eric, it just hit me. It's been under our noses this entire time. We've got a coach on this podcast. He's literally wearing a shirt for the team he coaches. Dude, we not Josh Bagrianski for Atlanta United. We got to get that going. Is extensive. He is the man for the job. I will, Josh Bagrianski. Two things. Joseph, free reign. Number two, water. <laughs> Dude, that's Fire. it. Joseph and water. All the water, all the water you want. <laughs> no more two days. It was right there. All the water you time. want. Are you, are you kidding me? I'm not going up there twice a day. It's far. <laughs> East Atlanta, uh, right. Marietta. It's not a commute. Josh is willing. Yeah, to I'm take. not doing that. Kidding, kidding me. Atlanta goes up to Cincinnati uh, tomorrow. Oh God. So we've, we've, got, we've got a game that we've got to we've got to suffer through when it comes to the the talking points that the uh, and look naturally they they haven't had a chance to talk about it on a broadcast yet so it'll be talked about so get ready for that um, who knows if we'll have more information because of the you know the inside you know inside info they might have um, so you know I we'll see I, I don't have much expectation I don't I hopefully they win I'm I'm happy to see them win now because. At least, you know, things are in such disarray that, that it's hard to root for this team. Um, but at the same time, I, I want more, more, more hardcore change at the top. But one man's Amen. opinion. Amen to that. If anything else goes wrong, though, if anything else goes wrong and it points directly at Carlos Bocanegra or Darren Eels, supporters groups, please stop showing up. If there's, any, is there, if there's anything that, that, that you can do, it's that. I know you want to support the players. I know you want to support the – but, like, there's nothing that hits home than just visibly not being there. Dude, we'll see what it's like this Saturday. But New England, it was empty in there. And one thing I've noticed the last couple matches, you're able to sit. I mean, it's not – some people are standing. Some people are sitting. But I think 
And look, I, I, I don't care. I know that's going to be a big deal. But like, no, if you like, can sit and watch a soccer that, game, that's not good. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, that's, I'm sure it's going to be a huge scandal that people sit. But uh, no, like that's something I've noticed is, is that, you know, you're pretty much able to sit for most of the game and you have to stand during certain portions. That's what I was alluding to. I wasn't talking about like seat gate or anything. It's like if if you have fans that are sitting the whole game, that's a bad thing. That tells you your team is not good or entertaining. Yeah, I think there – I mean, there's there's a lot of evidence that they're just kind of reverting to the mean. And it would be pretty interesting if you end up in that amazing facility with all those seats and they're empty. Um, But hopefully, you know, we're we're many years – Many years, hopefully, away from 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 reaching that point, but uh, it's New England it was point. really it. I mean, it was really, really, really empty in there. It was really. I mean, and and well, I think Saturday three o'clock. Maybe I maybe mean, that's it might maybe be that, even worse. Maybe that played a part into it. They realized how empty it was. I don't. I can't imagine the front office would pull something pull it pull 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 the string on something like that that fast. But uh, they surely yeah, noticed. Maybe maybe they noticed. And they were like, you know what? Let's let's. We gotta do something quick. We gotta get this higher, right? Yeah. This uh, one, sure. this one, yeah. we have to get the other two. <laughs> yeah, but we gotta get this one right. All I'm saying is the golden spiker on Saturday better be good, or I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be Amanda Athens. <laughs> she just she, hey, she just does, does a great everything. job with the national anthem. She's gonna that. she's gonna hammer on the spikes soon. There, players like, no, nah, I'm not doing this. You know, like, she's, she's, right, gonna Athens, she's she's gonna line up as our number eight. <laughs> Yeah, she just runs that area of the – yeah, she's going to be the main usher, security, jack-of-all-trades, manager. <laughs> very, very inside to be bringing up Amanda Athens. They play – so, the lady and I play tomorrow. They also play on Saturday, so it's going to be – A three. Three thirty against Columbus. So, tomorrow against Cincinnati – uh, Saturday against Columbus. And, yeah, Columbus uh, is going to just throttle us on Saturday. The next two games could be interesting. No, no yeah, reason could be, to remember. Could be bad. Yep. Cool. All right, any final thoughts before we take yeah, off? Yeah, one more thing. Um, props to Joseph Martinez for, you know, the, the COVID test and everything. And obviously they said there was like a COVID-related heart issue. Seems like he's all over that now. But, you know, just kind of kind of makes you think a little bit. You know, that's all. Just, you know. Props to Joseph and, and yeah. kudos or whatever you want to say. Uh, good wishes to him for getting over all that. And, and, and this is a player that, look, loves the city of Atlanta. I don't think he ever wanted to leave. I think he didn't want to play for Gabriel Heinze. I think there's a big difference. And now that, you know, Heinze is gone, uh, a player that has endeared himself to a fan base. I mean, I mean, build the statue was like a kind of a funny notion at first. But, you know, I think when it's all said and done, I, I don't think there'd be any Atlanta athlete more deserving of a, a, a state, uh, you know, a, statue outside a stadium and I say more deserving I'm not saying there aren't players that are equally deserving but I mean for what Joseph Martinez did for the city and bringing a championship for the first time since you know 1995 and I'm sorry if I just offended some lacrosse people uh, but <laughs> I'm just saying here that you know um, Swarm. yeah exactly um, I'm just saying Joseph means a lot to the city and it's just good to hear him you know sort of recommit or however you want to say it so again yeah. um Good, uh, good news on the heart stuff, and uh, it'll be good to see him getting back to form and hopefully, uh, you know, having many more celebrations in front of the 17s and uh, not jumping into fire this time. I, uh, I, um, I, I'm rooting even harder for him now to get back. I, it, I think it's still a long road to go for him, um, and, and I'm hoping that he, he becomes the Joseph Martinez he was in the past. Um, really waiting for that to happen and then pushing even harder for him now to, to kind of, after everything that's happened in the last week, 
um, pushing even harder for him to kind of make that recover, full recovery and get back to what he, what he was. Indeed. Bless you, King. Bless you. <laughs> All right. That is for us. Until next time. See you later, Atlanta. See ya.